Yo, y'all know what time it is. NCOPD Live, Wednesday night, prime time. We in the building. TPSGL is ready to go. I want all the smoke. Let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of NCOPD Live, hosted by yours truly, Style Sergeant Hicks, hashtag the professional SGL. Coming at you live from Fresno, Texas, um, here at Dad's house, getting ready to uh, fly out on leave tomorrow. So um, super excited about that. TPSGL is going to be on leave for a couple of weeks, get a chance to go see my uh, granddaughter, and then also spend some time with uh, my children as well. So, hey, so tonight's guest uh, was overseas, had some uh, emergencies, uh, some uh, things come up that uh, that individual was not able to uh, be able uh, to be on to the podcast night. But that's good because every now and then the TPSGL, I like to be able to come on here and speak to you all and just, you know, share some things that I've been noticing or some things that may have uh, that I may have seen or something that I just like, like, you know, like to talk to you all about. So tonight I got a couple of, I have a few topics I want to talk to you all about tonight. Uh, and hopefully it resonates with you all. Now, listen, before you all, we get into this and before you all get your pens, your pads and notepads and electronic devices to take uh, these notes, I need you to take a minute to hit the share button. Because what I'm about to talk about tonight, it needs to go out in the masses. So I want you all to take a, take an opportunity to go and share this video before we get started. It's about 10 seconds to do that while I talk about some other things. So, um, like I said, I'm getting ready to go and, um, uh, be on leave for a couple of weeks. So my oldest granddaughter is turning two, uh, on the 12th of June. So G paw is going to, surprise her at her birthday party i don't believe she thinks she doesn't know that i'm coming but well she's too young to even know that i'm coming but y'all understand what i'm saying g paul's gonna surprise her at her uh birthday party so getting ready to do that so the fort lee virginia area i will be in the building uh in the area uh tomorrow uh for a few days uh i, I will be there uh I don't know if I'll have opportunity to meet and greet people because I'm not going to be there uh, that long. But uh, Fort Lee, Virginia, I will be in the building in the area. And um, yeah, super excited about being on leave. So hopefully you all have went and shared this video. So here are the three things I want to talk to you all about tonight. So the first things first, 
I want to talk about uh, first and foremost, accepting and owning responsibility, accepting and owning responsibility. A lot of times as leaders, uh, we are empowered uh, to uh, make decisions uh, within a span or within a left and right limit. And uh, we have to accept the responsibilities of said mission. I remember my uh, battle buddy, uh, my good buddy uh, Oz talked about one time is that you can't uh, delegate risk. You can't delegate responsibility. And he gave this he gave this uh, he gave this analogy about if the sergeant major, if the brigade sergeant major comes down or the battalion sergeant major comes down uh, to the first sergeant and says, hey, the grass needs to be cut. And the first sergeant goes to the platoon sergeant and says, hey, platoon sergeant, the grass needs to be cut. Platoon sergeant goes to the squad leader. Squad leader says, hey, the grass needs to be cut. Squad leader goes to the um, squad leader goes to the uh, team leader and says, hey, the grass needs to be cut. Well, the responsibility rests with who? It rests with the first sergeant. It, it, it rests with that individual whose the task was given to. Now, he may have delegated it off, but the ultimate responsibility for the grass being cut was the, uh, was the first sergeant. Why do I bring this up? Because a lot of times we don't like to accept our own up to responsibility. And we we instead of instead of holding people accountable or holding them responsible for said task, a lot of times what I've seen in my military career and what I've heard others talk about is that we continue to pass the buck and not hold people accountable for what they were responsible for. And if we don't hold you accountable for what you are responsible for, what does that say about the rest of the individuals within the unit? Some of the things you may get, some of the things you may encounter is that some people may say, hey, well, you know what? You never held, sorry, you never held Staff Sergeant Hicks responsible. So guess what? I'm not going to do it either. And then what happens is, is we begin to, uh, there's a fester of that type of mentality in the unit. Why? All because we did not accept and own up to responsibility or, for lack of words, hold individuals responsible. You heard me say something about a few seconds ago is that uh, instead of holding people uh, accountable or responsible for what they're supposed to do, we pass the buck. And it's an easy way to get out is because we pass the buck. A lot of times we pass on responsibility or we don't accept an own responsibility because we don't know how to do something. And because we don't know how to do it, what do we do is we pass the buck. And what happens is a lot of times is that you ever notice that you have that one soldier or that one NCO, that one leader that you can count on no matter what. If you go to this one individual, you know that the you you listen, this person is so squared away that you can you can call them, give them a task and you ain't even got to go back and check on them because, you know, leaders, we supposed to check, recheck. You know, am I am I am I am I am I talking NCO language? We supposed to check, recheck, we verify, we validate that it got done. But there's this one soldier that you know without a shadow of a doubt. I could call TPS jail. I can give him. A, I can give him a task. I ain't got to worry about checking on it. You know why? Because he has proven himself, or she has proven herself, 
worthy enough for me not to even go and check. So what happens is when we don't hold those other leaders accountable or we don't hold them responsible or make them accept or own the responsibility that was given to them, what happens is, you know, what we do we begin to put it on the one soldier that we know him or her is going to execute that task. And what happens? You normally drown or you wear that horse out. Because we fail to hold people accountable or we fail to uh, uh, have people own up to their responsibility. A lot of people think that when you become an NCO, it's time for you to chill. I got to serve notice on you tonight that if you feel that when you become a non-commissioned officer, the day you put on uh, those stripes, if you feel that that is the time for you to kick back and relax, you are sadly mistaken. Nowhere in the creed does it say anything about a non-commissioned officer taking care of him or herself. Nowhere in the creed. I've searched it up and down. I've searched it left and right. I've looked at it through and through. If you want to have a conversation with me about it, I'll post the link and I'll let you come on. But I'm going to tell you, there's nowhere in the creed, the NCO creed, where it says anything about the NCO taking care of him or herself. There's two things in particular it talks about accomplishment of the mission and the welfare of the soldier. That is a responsibility of non-commissioned officers is the accomplishment of the mission and the welfare of our soldiers. That is a responsibility. But guess what? Even in those two, we find individuals, we find leaders not wanting to accept or own up to the responsibility. I'll give you another one before I move on to the next, to, before I move on to my next topic. You know, another thing is that when people give you a task we don't want to own the responsibility. We go and say, well, you know, first Sergeant said, or well, you know, Sergeant Major said, or, you know, well, you know, the platoon Sergeant said, well, what does that say about you as a leader? You have been given authority. You have been empowered to get said task done. You don't have to ride in on First Sergeant's name. You don't have to ride in on the OIC's name or, or the NCI or the squad leader's name. Just by virtue of you being a leader and you go to individuals and say, this is the task. This is what we got to do. This is when it's got to be done. You don't have to say, well, the first sergeant told me. The first sergeant said we got to do. Or the sergeant major said we got to do. By virtue of you just being a leader, when you give, when you give guidance or you give direction of what needs to happen, if it ain't illegal, immoral, or unethical, move out and draw fire. So we have to learn how to accept and own up to responsibility. We have a lot of things that we're responsible for on a daily basis. And nobody's perfect by no, by no means. Nobody's perfect. But our responsibilities don't change because you're out of the office. Your responsibilities don't change because you have this going on. And I understand, don't get me wrong, I don't want nobody saying, oh, the TPSGL is tripping. No, I need y'all to ride with me. Your responsibilities do not change just because you're out of the office. So like this, I'll get, you know what? Come here, I'll use me for an example. From tomorrow to the 25th, I'll be on leave, right? I'll be on leave. My responsibilities in my unit 
doesn't change just because I'm on leave. Now, when I'm on leave, of course, I'm on leave. However, those responsibilities are still there. But what happens a lot of times is we have individuals because they're not at work or because they have this going on and they got that going on. Hey, they dropped the ball. Well, when does your responsibilities no longer become yours? It's it's there's no there's no catch 22 because you're out of the office. Your responsibilities are no longer there. Yes, you still have to accept and own up to your responsibilities. Absent or not, they're your responsibility. So me being the NCO I am, I make sure that I got I got uh you know course cores in courses of action, you know, in case some civilians are watching some of my family members. I got courses of actions in place while Sergeant Hicks is not there. And that's that's gonna make me that's gonna bring me to my next uh uh point of uh point of origin of or topic that I want to talk about now. I have courses of action that are in place. So when Staff Sergeant Hicks is not in the office, then guess what? The mission still don't fail. The, the mission still goes on. But I have accepted my responsibilities, first of all, to make sure that guess what? When I'm not there, the mission continues, right? I, I did a video earlier, brings me to point number two. I, I, and I've been feeling this one. I talked about single point of failure. Single point of failure. I did a video the other day. It was on me, man. My boy, my my buddy Oz. I don't know if we was connected through this, but we talked about the same thing that day. And I made a video and I said, listen, if your unit is if you are the single point of failure for your unit at whatever the task may be. Whatever it may be, if you're the senior point of failure, nobody else can do this job. Nobody else can open. You only got one person to open up the arms room. Nobody else can't do it. If you if you are the single point of failure for your unit, two questions. What does that say about the unit? And what does it say about you as the individual? I want to deal with the individual first. Because when I deal with the unit, it's going to bring me into my next topic. So I want to deal with the individual first. A lot of times we as leaders, uh, we go to these courses and we go to these classes and we get this information and uh, we hold on to this information. I know a lot of times when we had students come through ALC and SLC, we would tell them, hey, hey, sergeants, or hey, leaders, make sure you take this information, go back to your units and share that information with your peers and your subordinates and alike. Right. We would always say these comments like sharing is caring, you know, uh, caring is sharing. You know, if you got some information, you should you should share that knowledge with other individuals. But a lot of times because. Uh, well, I'm not going to say that yet, but a lot of times we hold on to that information and we do not or we don't share that information with other people. Well, why don't we share it with other people? Well, first and foremost, because I got a job. My job is important and uh, they're depending on me. I get a lot of I get a lot of glitz and glamours when it comes to my job and I don't want anybody else doing my job. 
So therefore, I'm not going to teach anybody how to do my job. I want to be the only one that they come to. I want to be the only one that's sitting at the conference table uh, when they need something pertaining to this, this, that, and the third. I'm the only one that they can ask that question to. And I'm the only one with the answer. So we don't want to share that information. Okay. Other reasons we don't share information is because uh, somebody may do the job better than me. So I sure don't want somebody else learning my job because just by chance, if I teach them how to do my job, they'll do that job way better than me. But then watch this. It now takes the spotlight off of me. And it puts the spotlight on them. Feel the relevancy. Yes. And I want to remain relevant. Mary, you and my you and my Kool-Aid. Job security. Job security. I want to feel important. So in order for me to keep my job, I'm not going to train the person next to me for them to take my job. Oh, hold up. Wait a minute. As NCOs, we also, and as leaders, we should be training those individuals that's coming behind us to be the next sergeant, to be the next leader, to be the next instructor, to be the next senior OCT of a unit, to be the next, you should always be training that individual that's coming behind you that's gonna take your place one day. So those are just some of the reasons why we don't, we don't, uh, uh, we don't wanna share information. And everything that you all said is true. It's, it's true. So what happens is, is that we become the single point of failure for this, uh, this task. Or we become the single point of failure for this section. We become the single point of failure for whatever it is, mission that we are supposed to be doing. as a, as a Watch this. As a unit. Not as an individual, but as a unit. We become the single point of failure. So what does that say about the leader? Well, it says a lot. It says a lot. Are, are you truly embodying what we supposed to do as leaders as far as training the individual behind me? So when I brought when I brought on uh uh Oz, Coach K, and I've even let uh uh I've even uh SIAC retired Troxel has hosted my show for me in my absence. I want y'all, I want y'all to rock with me on this. These individuals have hosted my show. I've given them the reins to NCOPD Live. They have access to the page. They have access to the inbox. I give, I've given them access. Right? They are able to come on here and do their own shows. Well, Coach K and, and Oz. And, but Siak Troxel has hosted for me on, on a couple of occasions. Uh, I wasn't worried that they may host my show better than me. I wasn't worried that if they got on my show and they had a better uh, support system or better following or better showing that day than me, I entrusted them enough that if I gave them my show, that they were going to bring relevant topic and that it was going to continue 
to thrive and to grow. Listen, I'm telling y'all, if y'all, anybody know me, I know Oz, Coach Caden, I'm probably watching this. I am not just saying this as a cliche. When I gave them full reigns, I wasn't worried about who would look at their videos more or who would do this. I just want the page to thrive. I want people to be able to come to a place, come to a podcast, come to a show to say, hey, no matter who's on this camera, somebody can speak directly to me as a leader and give me insight, give me purpose, motivation, and direction. Uh, no, purpose, motivation, and direction, right? So I want that for this platform, for this show. I don't worry about if Oz is better than me. I don't worry about if Coach K is better than me. I don't worry about if Seattle Troxel host is better than me with the boom. I don't worry about that. At the end of the day, was the topics relevant? Were people able to relate to them? And what did the individuals get from the show? Because that's what it's all about. I don't want to be the single point of failure for NCOPD Live. Guess what? Eventually, if y'all don't know, Staff Sergeant Hicks is going to walk away from the Army. Now, of course, my brand, NCOPD Live, I own the rights to all of that. But eventually, do y'all not do y'all not think that the professional SGL is not looking for the next host of this show when I step away in three to five years? Of course I am. There's going to have to be somebody that's going to replace me. And for me to be the single point of failure for everything that comes down with NCOPD Live, what am I doing or how am I helping the platform? So we have to be able to share that knowledge, which I want to talk about now is uh, if you're the single point of failure, how, what does that say about the unit? Well, it, it kind of says it's a mismanagement of personnel. We're going to talk about talent management in a second. I got another angle I want to deal with talent management, but let's talk about management of personnel. If you're in a leadership position and uh, you sit, you used to sit and look at look at your people. Okay, first and foremost, longevity pays a it plays a part. Longevity, I got it. Physical fitness, uh, height and weight, and all of this. But you're looking at your you're looking at your roster. You're looking at your people. Okay, hey, I need some people to go to. I need some people to go to armor school. And you know what? I'll use this as a prime example. When I was a young detachment first sergeant over in good old Fort Stewart, Third ID. Uh, third sustained brigade old STB 274 MCT regulators. All right. I remember uh we had two quotas that came down for armor school, right? And my armor, who was the armor for the unit, was getting rid of the PCS. He's a specialist. So they gave me, they gave me two seats. So the first thing I looked at is I was like, okay, we sat down with the commander. He's like, hey, top, who you think would be a great uh, uh, a great candidate for to be the armor? So I gave him two names. Now, I want to back up just a second. Uh, well, I was almost called. I think he's probably out of the army. But this specialist was, when I took over, he was the only person that could go in, that was the armor that could go inside the arms room. So I was like, oh, that's not a good eye. That's not a good look. So now that we got two slides, okay, I'm going to make sure we got a primary and I'm going to make sure we got an alternate. And I'm going to break down in a minute what these duties and responsibilities are for as primary and alternate. I don't mean to insult nobody's intelligence, but hey, just in case if somebody didn't know, I'm going to break it down. So I said, hey, we need to get two candidates. 
there was three names because somebody said they wanted to go to the school. So, uh, but that individual didn't have the longevity. They were getting ready to leave. So I advised the commander. I said, hey, sir, I understand they may want to go for um, promotion points, but you got to understand this. Sir, we're already operating off of one armor. That armor is fixing to leave. And now we're considering doing the same thing, only having one armor. I understand that this soldier wants the promotion points, but I advise you that you send these two soldiers because they have longevity in the unit. So therefore, we managed the personnel that we knew we were going to have in order to go to this in order to go to this course. Watch this, where it would benefit the unit. This one person wasn't the single point of failure that would have made the unit mission fail. So we went we went ahead with the two people that we um, that we decided to go with. Primary alternate. This is why you shouldn't be the single point of failure. Primary job. Hey. This is my, I'm going to take ownership. I'm going to take responsibility for this, my piece of the, come here, old gray beard one. Command Sergeant Major retired uh, uh, Garrett Griffin. This is my piece of the pie. This is my piece. I'm going to take ownership. I'm going to take responsibility for it, right? The alternate job is to always stay relevant to what's going on, uh, be able to at a moment's notice go into the arms room and execute whatever mission needs to be done. But watch this. Here's where the key is. The alternate should know everything that the primary knows. Everything about the arms room, alternate should know. Everything about whatever weapon is in the arms room, primary should know. Everything about what it takes to pass an inspection, the alternate should know. Everything that the primary know, the alternate should know. Because guess what? If there's only certain things that the alternate has been privy to, who's to say that when the primary is out and the staff visit comes down, the alternate doesn't know? So why am I saying that? Because leaders, even individuals that's in your unit, you should not be the single point of failure. You should know everything of about everything that's going on in your organization. You should you should know, because what happens? When you're out on an emergency or when you're out on an appointment or you're out on quarters, when you become the single point of failure, then guess what? You have just failed your unit. Why is that? Why is it that they always want to send us to school because they need to replace us, uh, replace whoever is in that position? Hey, I can, I can talk about that, but you got to understand that this is my from my professional uh, uh uh, opinion. This is from my professional standpoint as a professional SGL. So when I look at a question like that, I'll say this, hey, maybe that individual, and it's going to tie in the talent management, maybe that individual that's in that position uh, may not. So let's say when I first took over as a detachment sergeant back in Fort Stewart, and I thought that that individual that was in the position uh, wasn't responsible enough, uh, we couldn't depend on them to be in that, in, in that position. So what I decided, let's say I decided to say, hey, sir, we need to get this individual out of here. We need to play somebody that's responsible, who's dependable, that we can count on to make sure that they know what they're doing. And, it, and watch this. Once again, uh, uh, Mr. Pratt, it's to better the unit, not to better myself or better the commander, but it's to better the unit. So, yeah, sometimes we do have to move individuals out of positions because they're not the right person for that job. But they definitely shouldn't be 
the single point of failure. Could you imagine, Mr. Pratt, that if the person that was doing the job isn't capable of doing the job and they're the only single point of failure for the job, man, what do you do then? So no one person should be the single point of failure. If you think a brigade commander or any commander, for whatever reason, is the single point of failure for his or her unit, you best believe that XO and even possibly a couple of those junior lieutenants is going to know everything that that commander needs to know. Why do you think, uh, uh, why do you think we are supposed to uh, train, teach, and coach? I'm not going to use the word mentor yet because, you know, mentorship is a one-on-one uh, personal uh, professional relationship. Why do you think we train, coach, and teach? individuals that are coming behind us because guess what one day somebody's gonna take our spot and what better way to do it is when you're sitting with that individual on a daily basis on a consistent basis you teach that individual everything you know all i'm saying is is this you should not be the single point of failure for your unit and there's a lot of units out there some units that i've been in that there's one individual Nobody else can't do this. There's one individual that can only do that task. And you know what it does? It, 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 the unit has failed because when that individual is out of the office, the unit has failed. Why? It's because that individual was the single point of failure for that task. So we have learned to accept and own responsibility. We have to learn not to be the single point of failure for our unit. Uh, how do you fix that as a first sergeant? That's where you come back in and you talking to that commander. As the command, as the first sergeant, you have the you have the total responsibility to advise the commander. As a first sergeant, sergeant major or, 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 or platoon sergeant, I know when I was there, uh, I listened to my uh, to my counterparts and I took their advice. And I brought it to the commander and I had open lines of communication with that individual, with the commander. I had open lines of communication with those lieutenants because not one, no one person. Once again, it goes back to single point of failure. No one person has the right answer all the time. So you can't be the single point of failure. What happens if you if you're the platoon sergeant, you're the platoon sergeant, right? And, and, and you on quarters. You, do you not think, and I'm not insulting nobody's intelligence, I'm being rhetorical when I say this, do you not think that the next accountability formation, nobody's going to be standing in front of said platoon to give the report to the first sergeant? No one person should be the single point of failure. Um, and we do not, and we should not be too proud to learn from, oh, Sergeant Major, no, we shouldn't be. We shouldn't be too proud to learn from others. Everything, listen, watch this. You know what? I can prove it. I can prove it. Everybody that's watching here on this, on this, um, on this podcast tonight, everything that you know uh in the military, somebody taught you or somebody told you, whether you read it through a book, whether you went through a PME, whether you went through basic training. Now, watch this. I'm just saying what you know. What you may have perfected, you have perfected over time and experience. But what you know, 
Somebody taught you. Somebody told you. You had to learn it from a source. You didn't just come into the military uh, knowing how to march. You may say, oh, I was in I was in JRTC when I was in high school. Yeah, guess what? I was, too. But guess what? Even then, you know what? Somebody taught you how to march. I don't it don't it don't matter. No matter which way you slice this, you didn't just join the military knowing what you needed to know to be successful in the military. Now, like I said, over time and experience, you may have perfected certain things that may have gotten you or, or made you successful to the point where you are now. But everything that you knew when you first joined, somebody taught you one way or the other. So what I don't understand is, is that if we're taught something when we come into the military, why don't we want to share that information to teach those individuals that are coming behind us? Somebody sat down and talked to you and showed you how to perfect uh, spit shining the boots when we had the boots. Uh, somebody sat down and taught you how to put your ASUs together. Oh, no, he didn't. I, I learned by reading the book. Guess what? Somebody wrote the book. Oh, you didn't learn by a book? That's the your fancy? Well, I learned by looking at a video. Somebody else did that YouTube video. All I'm saying is, once again, no matter which way you slice it, you were taught by somebody. So why do we not want to teach other individuals that are coming behind us? And help them be successful too. Just like those tools and those traits that we put in our kit bag. When we get those little golden nuggets, we put in our kit bag. Share that information with somebody else and help them to be successful just like you. Third and final thing I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about talent management. Nope. I ain't talking about the talent management of of what you all think uh, i'm looking at talent management as far as when the army when the army says uh that this individual is is ready for the next level uh, this individual is ready for the next rank and and we and we based off of that ksa's dotted skills and attributes hey that individual is we're going to talk about tech one day me and oz supposed to get on we're going to do uh, a segment on tech so i ain't going to talk about that one yet but i see you um so uh, I'm talking about, you know, they say that that individual is ready. Here's a lot of things that I've noticed uh, as far as talent uh, in the Army. A lot of people think that they're number one. I, I know this is probably going to be an, an uneasy topic, but I'm going to talk about it. Everybody, or for the majority of the fact, a lot of people I've realized that think that they're number one. I why is that person above me? Oh, how did this person get promoted before me? Or, or why did this person like a, a lot of people? Everybody can't be number one. So you know, we just had the we just had the uh, um, the Sergeant first class evaluation. Uh, board results come out and I shared with you all my OML. So when I, when I, I was just, you know, happy my name was on the list. Uh, I said, either way it go, you know, I'm looking to retire. That doesn't, it doesn't stop me break, make or break me. So um, a lot of people I was looking at uh, when they, when they, they was, you know, posting about the OML. Some people express some frustration. Some people express like I seen people on, I seen people, that I know that they probably got a higher OML than me. I know, yeah, that part, right? 
you know, and 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 people or maybe they just found out that a person had a, a higher OML than them, and they were like, "Yo, how did this person get a higher OML?" Listen, let me slow you down for a second. Everybody can't be number one, even if you look in sports. Every team can't be number one. There has to be a winner. There has to be a loser. In the army, we're not taught that we're losers. What we're taught is is that we need to work a little bit harder. So I'll even say this. If you find out somebody that has a higher OML number than you, my thought process would be, uh, I need to sit down with you and I need to find out what you did in order to get where you are. But a lot of times, everybody feels that they got to be number one. I got to be the top block. I got to be... Uh, you know, it is about the write-up as well. It's definitely about the write-up. I did a, I did a segment on write-up, but everybody feels that they got to be number one. Listen, if, I, if, if you don't know the way the Army is structured, and I learned a lot when I came to TRADOC, uh, before, or when I was at TRADOC at, um, at the Academy. I'll be the first one to tell y'all, I was Staff Sergeant United States Army. I ain't know nothing about, uh, 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 spaces and faces. I ain't know none, I ain't know nothing about that. I, because I never got involved with my branch manager like that. If my branch manager sent me somewhere, I always went. I always went. I think the only assignment that I had that I had a choice with was Fort Stewart. And that's because I re-enlisted. I re-enlisted for Hunter Army Airfield and then I ended up getting transferred to Fort Stewart. That was the only assignment that I've ever had an input on. Anywhere else if the army sent me, that's where I went. That's another story for another day. But wherever the army sent me, that's where I went, right? So when I got to Fort Stewart, you know, young high speed kicking staff sergeant, I wanted to be an instructor. Uh, boom, I got that assignment. I, it was a desire of mine to be an instructor. And the cars landed right for me to get this job. Boom. So I'm going in there. And I, now guess what? I want to be there. So I want to learn. So it was one day I was sitting in a brief with retired command, command Sergeant Major, retired Vicki Cope. She was the regimental Sergeant Major for the Transportation Corps Regiment, right? And she's going down and she's breaking. Now, this is just about TC. So some of y'all probably don't even know this, which I'm going to tell you, you need to get with your, brand, your, your regiment Sergeant Major because he or she knows this information. So Sergeant Major uh, retired Cope at this at the moment. She had everybody in the academy that was TC, whether you was ALC, SLC, 88 Mike, November Hotel, uh, CMF 88. It didn't matter. Everybody in there to include the SGLs and anybody else that was on the post that wanted to come over and get this brief. So we're in this, we're in the auditorium. And this day when I first seen it, I was like, yo, so that's how you can kind of tell which way the promotion is going to drive. So she pulls up these slides and she's showing everything about the TC branch. That's every MOS, every MOS in the Army in TC, right? So she's telling us about the breakdown. So you got the 88 Mikes, which is our biggest population. Then you got the 88 Novembers. Then you got the 88 Hotels, Kilos, Limas, Uniforms, etc. right? So she's saying in the whole TC branch, I'm authorized this many soldiers total from E1 to E9 for every MOS, right? I'm like, okay. So then she goes and breaks down. She goes, next slide is for 88 mics. Out of this amount of total people, I'm only authorized this amount of 88 mics from E1 to E7, E8, right? 
Enon's gonna be on another slide. So now by this time, you done capture my you done capture my attention because I'm like, I've never seen my CMF broken down by numbers like this. Listen, if you think I'm lying, call your regiment. You can tell them I told them you call them. They have this information. She went through every MOS. 88 Novembers was next. 88 Hotel Kilos and Lemas and Uniforms was next. By rank from E1 to E7, E8. And then she went to E9. In, in the TC world, in the TC rim, we're only authorized in the entire army this percentage of E9s. So this one, I was like, yo, everybody can't make E9. Everybody can't make E7. Everybody can't make E8. The numbers are just not there for you to make it. But what you can do is you can continue to strive to try to be a, a, a part of that. I think it was like 0.9% or that 0.1% of your CML. You can continue to strive and try to be a part of that percentage that makes song first class. But not everybody uh, is able to make song first class. Not everybody is able to make master sergeant, sergeant major. Do you not think so when you get up into these combatant commands, all of these commands are majors that's in the army. And then even these combatant commands are only only uh, accessible to uh, combat combat armed people. We'll talk about that another day. I think it should be open for every SAR major. You know why? Because every SAR major goes to the same SAR major academy. But that's another, that's another topic for another day. But I do believe that all of those command SAR major slots should be opened up to whoever. They go to the same academy. They get the same POI. They get the same tutelage and teaching. Graduate at the same time. If they finish the course successfully, why can't they hold the same position? But anyway, I, I don't want to start no ruckus on here, but that's just that's just the mentality of the professional SGL. And I plan to get some people on here to talk about that. But nevertheless, okay, so we, we got these slots. You got these spaces. And I begin to realize that not everybody can be uh a sergeant first class. Not everybody can be a staff sergeant. So what am I saying? When it comes to talent management, do what you can. Manage your talent within, manage your talent. Hey, you know what? Until the army sees fit, and I don't like to uh, go uh, spiritual on you guys because on my platform, I don't do it, but I'm just going to tell you, I'm the type of person, I believe that whatever whatever is for me, promotion comes from above. That's just my, that's just my own personal religious belief. My my promotion comes from above. I don't worry about if if said person is looking on the board and deems that I'm not worthy to get to the next rank. Okay. Guess what? If it's meant for me, it's meant for me. But you know what I do? Even as a staff sergeant, I try to be the best detachment sergeant. Even as the as a staff sergeant, I try to be the best senior movements NCO. Even as a staff sergeant, I try to be the best SGL at the academy within my within my CMF. As a staff sergeant, I make sure I try to be the best uh, senior OCT in my current unit to make sure I try to change some things that weren't there when I first got there. Why? Watch this. To try or to enhance the betterment of the unit. Nothing about Hicks. Nothing about TPSGL. But while I'm that staff sergeant, I'm trying to be the best. And if I walk out of here as a staff sergeant, I can walk with my head up high and say my legacy is going to speak for itself. The path that I blazed behind me is going to provide uh, insight for individuals 
to go and follow behind and say, you know what? If he could do it, I could do it. One of the biggest accomplishments, I'll share this with y'all. One of the big, I see y'all, y'all got to give me start preach. I'm going to tell you one of the biggest accomplishments that I've ever accomplished in the military. I've been in the military 17 years now. The biggest accomplishment I've ever made was not, it wasn't one single promotion. It wasn't. I'm finna share. I'm fixing to be vulnerable with y'all. I'm fixing to open up. Do y'all know my biggest accomplishment in the military? Is this platform. You know why? Because watch this. As a staff sergeant in the United States Army, this platform has enabled my reach and my impact to supersede what's on my chest. I realized that there are some sergeant majors, there are some command sergeant majors, first sergeants, or platoon sergeants, or even senior grade, field grade officers who will never be able to talk to the individuals that I talk to ever in their military career. But as a staff sergeant in the United States Army, my reach and my impact has superseded what's on my chest. So I don't worry about sergeant first class. I don't worry about making master sergeant in three years i'm gonna retire one way or another with my head up because i've learned how to manage my talent it brings me to i want to talk about validation what what are you what are you looking for to validate you what you're your own self-validation so what if somebody what if, so what if nobody comes and pats you on the shoulder and tell you that you did a good job today? Guess what? Sometimes you need to learn how to encourage yourself. Now, don't get me wrong, leaders, it's still good to go and tell those individuals that they did a good job. It's still good to go and pat them on the back and say, "Hey, you did outstanding today. Hey, I like the way you briefed. I like the way you briefed that slide today. Hey, kudos, good job. Put them in for an award." Don't get me wrong, but guess what? Even if the leader don't come and do that, every now and then you need to learn how to encourage yourself. Push yourself a little bit more. Guess what? If your leader never comes and tells you that you did a good job and never come and pat you on the back and tell that, that you did this or you did this excellent, guess what? Now you can put something in your tool bag that if I ever get promoted to the next rank, if I ever get to the position that where they are, that's not what I want to be like. I want to be a leader. I want to be able to be the change that I would like to see. Be your own cheerleader. Be your own cheerleader. Sometimes you have to learn how to pat yourself on the back because sometimes ain't nobody going to come tell you, hey, you know, hey, Hicks, you did a good job. Or, or hey, hey, Rothfuss, you did a good job. Or, hey, uh, Massey, you did a good job. So what? Do you do you get down on yourself because nobody tells you that you did a good job? Listen, there's a couple times when I watch my own car, instead of running it through a car wash, it just looked better to me. Now, I ain't even saying I'm going to get out there and do it all the time. If I'm paying this, this $25.99 a month to get free unlimited washes, I get free unlimited washes. But there come a time that when I put my own hands to my vehicle and wash it myself, it just looks different. So I don't have to worry about the car wash doing it for me. Every now and then, there's a time where the TPSG has to put his own hands on his car. And it just looks better. So sometimes you have to learn to encourage yourself. Don't look for somebody else to encourage you. Don't look for somebody else 
to pat you on the back and tell you that you did a good job. Uh, be your own cheerleader. That way, when you ain't got no cheerleaders in the end, if y'all listen, if y'all understood now, there's some people that are in my close circle that I speak to your own horn. There's some people in my close circle that I call on a consistent basis. If y'all think that the TPSGL don't go through a lot, y'all are sadly mistaken. You know why? Because I first and foremost have to realize that I'm human too. I'm human too. But guess what? When I can't reach the Oz's, when I can't reach uh, the major Howells, when I can't reach uh, the, uh, the, the Larry Max, or when I can't reach, you know, people in my family, or when I can't reach um uh the miss kias and the miss veronica's and people on my team every now and then guess what you know what i do i have to encourage myself to continue to go on i have to encourage myself if i'm always looking for somebody else to encourage me what happens when they don't i tell you what it don't stop the responsibilities it don't stop the mission so every now and then you got to be your biggest cheerleader every now and then you got to learn how and what it takes to stroke your own ego to say that you did a good job. I ain't telling you to be be uh, boastful or be uh, overbearing about it. But hey, guess what? When you do a good job, tell yourself you did a good job. Y'all, I know it's been plenty of times. I step back from my car and I'll be like, yeah, bro, you did that. Yeah, you did that. I got to get myself, I got to toot my own self on. And when I'm riding in it and I done cleaned it all out, I'm talking about opening up the doors and cleaning it all in the cracks and everything. I can ride in my car and just feel better. And I just, hey, cut the window now, I'll be seeing people riding in thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. I did that. Learn to encourage yourself. So, listen, it was good to come on here and talk to y'all every now and then. And I think I may have to start doing it once a month that I come on out of those, you know, four or five Wednesdays. I got to start reserving one of those Wednesdays for myself uh, to uh, come on and talk to you. Uh, if you are looking for uh, a pat on the back, you might be doing it for oh, oh, the old gray beard one. Let me bring this comment up. The old gray beard one just said, if you're looking for a pat on the back, you might be doing it for the wrong reason in the first place. I'll even, let me just, let me just piggyback on that. See, a lot of people say that word caveat. I want y'all to go back and do some research on that. That's not what that means. You don't say, let me caveat to that. So let me piggyback on what, on what old, the old gray beard one is talking about. If in the beginning, you're looking for a pat on the back, you're looking for recognition, you're doing it the wrong. You're doing it in the wrong reason. Anyway, you should do it. Watch this. Watch this. Just because it's the right thing to do. Period. You don't got to look for accolades. You don't have to look for. Uh, you don't have to look for approval or you know uh, clout or you know gratification. Hey, I'm doing it just because it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. And guess what? We always talk about. We always talk about uh, do the right thing even when nobody is looking. But that's so right, Sergeant Major. We don't want to do the right thing when ain't nobody looking. We want to do it when they looking. You ever know that one leader? And then I'm going to get out of here. You ever notice that one leader that they don't never do nothing? They don't never, they don't never show their talent. They don't never show their hand. Listen, this is the if, 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 if being a leader was a poker player, this person would be by far the best they don't never show their hand 
But let a let a VIP or, or distinguished leader get ready to come around. All of a sudden, this individual is all in the mix. They 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 coming out. Maybe it's in the SSA. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm gonna come down your road in a minute. Maybe they work in the SSA. They don't never come out in the warehouse. All they do is sit in the office. Don't never come out and check and sort no bins. So y'all ain't think, oh, y'all ain't think TPS. Yeah, I'm a logistician. I'm a logistician. I'm just not 8 8 November. I'm a logistician. But they don't never come out and sort no bins, right? Or maybe they work in the motor pool. You know, they don't never come out out of the uh, shop office or CNE office. You know, they always let the soldier go out there and troubleshoot the radio. Troubleshoot that. Troubleshoot that. Hey, I'm out here. I'm in, I'm here. I'm I'm a logistician, baby. I'm a logistician. They don't never come out. The, they don't never come out the shop office. They don't never come out the CNE shop. They always let Joe Blow and them go out there and do it. But this particular Monday, shoot, we ain't going to talk about the brigade. We ain't going to talk about the division. Let's say the Corps Sergeant Major and the Corps Commander coming down. Let's go three star level. Corps coming down today. They're going to come and inspect our motor pool. They're going to come talk to some people and everything. Now, that said leader that never came out, never comes out. Now, all of a sudden, distinguished visitors coming around. That person is out and about. Out and about. And the, the distinguished visitors show up. They all in, hey, Sergeant Major, or hey, sir, you know, train lead, lead, whatever they saying. Hey, I'm Sergeant so-and-so, and this, I'm the NCO, I see this shop, and here, what we do over here is we boom, boom, bop, and they, and, they, and, and, and then, watch this, they are speaking with so much elegance as the soldier, you like, is that my NCO? Because you've never seen this. But they're doing it for recognition. I'm just saying. I agree with the old gray bearded one. If you're doing it for recognition in the first place, you're doing it for the wrong reason. If y'all think that I built this platform for recognition, I'll be honest with y'all. When I first started this, I had no idea that it was going to be what it is today. I had no clue that NCOPD Live was going to be this big. I had no clue that I can walk on the installation and people see me and they almost like lose their mind and want to take a picture. I never would have thought it. I was just talking about something that I saw and it baffled me. I decided to go live and get some input. And here it is going on seven years later. This is what it is. And there was times, believe me, that was times when I wanted to walk away from it. But I had to remind myself, encourage myself that I believed in what I was doing was for a greater cause. I had to believe in that, that what I was doing was for a greater cause. It's, this is bigger than Staff Sergeant Hicks. This is bigger than the TPSGL. And I, whether people watch it, whether they come on the show, whether they decline to come on the show, I still believe in what I'm doing here is for a greater cause. It's for a greater cause. So it doesn't matter to me. I'm not doing it for recognition. I'm not doing it to keep all of uh, the followers focused on TPSGL. It's why I, why I brought on people like, uh, let's talk about it with Oz. Great NCO, great professional, but a true friend. 
That's why I brought on people like Coach K, Thrive Legion, coming to a theater near you. This is why I I, I brought on a, 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 a spinoff uh, Saturday morning sizzler to give people an opportunity because I believe in what I'm doing is bigger than me, which is why I'm probably going to bring on another show on NCOPD Live that a person comes on and doing fitness. You may you may want to do fit and, and does it on the weekend and you may need somebody that you want to work out with. We're looking at bringing another show on. It's bigger than staff. Sergeant Hicks It's bigger than the professional SGL. You're doing it to help other people. So those are the things I want to talk to you all tonight. Hey, what's up, Shane? Battle on that. Uh, song first class, the gall. Congratulations. Um, I just like to give people a little shout out every now and then. I ain't heard from you in the wild, sauce. So sauce, where you been? Mm-hmm. And got that new song first class. You know, forgot about your boy. Now let me stop. I'm just playing with her. Uh, she know that's my battle right there. But hey, listen, I just I, I felt great coming on talking to you all tonight. Uh Every now and then, like I said, I'm going to have to set some time. I'll set a Wednesday apart where I come on and um, I talk to you all myself. So out of those four or five Wednesdays out of the month, I'm going to have to set one of those Wednesdays aside to just be with the professional SCL. So, uh, listen, I appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, if you tuned in late and you didn't get the beginning, I asked everybody to share this. So I hope you all uh did what i asked you all to do and if not hey i'll still look forward to seeing you all uh when you come back next week guess what even though i'll be on leave tpsgl will still have ncopd live you know why because my responsibilities don't stop so listen y'all know the motto if you see something wrong and you fail to do something about it then you have just created a new standard and at the end of the day their issue is never with you, but their issue is with the standard. This has been yours truly, Style Sergeant Hicks, hashtag the professional SGL. I will see you all next week. Y'all have a good night. On behalf of my advisors, the NCOPD Live team, we would like to thank tonight's special guests and for all of you that have tuned in to tonight's show. Until next week, we'll be seeing you soon. Have a great evening. Good night.